everybody, welcome to another episode of the View Level Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Gillerman. Today is March 14th. It is a Thursday, and boy, do we have a frenzy, a free agency, and the NFL. Pretty much turned into fantasy football. A lot of movement, only in the tampering period, really, too. Trades, negotiations, people backing out. It wasn't even, today was, or yesterday was, the first day that you can legally sign with the team, but all the drama had been already figured out beforehand so we're going to dive into it a little bit we already talked about past episodes Antonio Brown all that shabazz but let's get dive into a couple main stories that we got out and the biggest story kind of a shocker almost out of nowhere there were a few rumors here and there but pretty much a shocker Odell Beckham Jr. traded to the Browns for a first round pick a third round pick and safety Jabril Peppers Uh, I got two things really in my notes that we're going to talk about. The first thing is, what the hell is Giants GM David Gettleman doing? I mean, just sign OBJ to a big contract the year before. If you were just going to trade him, why not trade him the year before where you don't have to spend that much money? Now they're eating, what is it, almost $21 million in dead money? Just trade him the year before. You don't have to worry about this. What makes this worse is all the moves are predicated on Eli Manning, it seems like. They're, they're real build, rebuilding around Eli Manning. They traded Olivier Vernon. They're getting ready for Odell Beckham Jr. They let Landon Collins go. I have no idea what the Giants are doing. And I have no idea what their intentions are. If they don't hit in the draft, it's going to be interesting. They're kind of leaving Saquon Barkley all by himself on an island to fend for himself. Eli Manning isn't, isn't the kind of quarterback you need right now or you want right now if you're a Giants fan. Yes, he's got Saquon, but who else, who else is there to kind of help him out? Sterling Shepard, is he the number one guy now? Has Evan Ingram got to be that star now? We saw we saw flashes of it, but he has to take that next step. But If I'm a Giants fan, I'm worried. Just a weird rebuild. David Gettleman's no clue what he's doing. And it's just seen by all the moves that he's making. I mean, the first round pick and the third round pick, pretty good. Jabril Peppers, it's weird to spend that much for a guy that plays 45 yards off the ball. Jabril Peppers isn't a guy that's going to go up into the box and go at the line of scrimmage and try to blitz off the edge. He's a ball hawk. He's sitting back there. He's not one of those hybrid safeties that we saw Landon Collins be. But now, Jabril Peppers is in that position. I don't know. I I didn't like the trade, especially for if you just re-signed him last season. Um, On the flip side, though, Man, the Cleveland Browns look good. They look scary. That offense, Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, OBJ. Man, it's a scary offense. It's a relatively young offense as well. Um, Baker Mayfield and OBJ are going to be best friends. Juice Landry and him are already best friends. Um, and then you look on the flip side of the defense, that defensive line is scary. They re- or they signed uh, Sheldon Richardson. Miles Garrett, we already see he's beast. They got Olivier Vernon as well from that trade from the Giants. Um, and there's already they're in talks of getting Eric Berry. They're interested in Eric Berry, who just got released from the Chiefs in a surprising move. Now, if they get Eric Berry, that kind of turns their whole defense around like a snap of a finger. They have a great defense already, but you get Eric Berry and your team goes from mid-tier top 10 team to we're looking at a Super Bowl contender just like that. 
because you're just they're meeting that one safety now, and I think they're going to go all in and try to get Eric Berry, and I think that's going to be a great move. Cleveland Browns are sick. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it's their division now to lose. If you look at that division, Pittsburgh gave away two of their best skill players. Yes, they're still their division to lose, but their defense isn't getting any younger. Their offense, Big Ben, is not the same Big Ben anymore. So I'm not sure what to make out of the Steelers. The Bengals are the Bengals. They're going to be shit. They're not going to know. They're not going to do anything. Um, the Ravens made two big signings. Mark Ingram for three years, $55 million. Um, Earl Thomas, four years, $55 million. $22 million guaranteed in the first nine months of that contract. Talk about a big payday right off the bat. That was a They cut Eric Weddle, losing C.J. Mosley. Their defense is in shambles. We weren't sure what was going to happen, but the fact you sign Earl Thomas and you look at that secondary with Thomas, Jefferson, Carr, now that secondary is one of the better secondaries in the entire NFL, and that can make up a lot of mistakes if they don't get that linebacker play that they're used to with Terrell Suggs leaving and C.J. Mosley leaving. I still like the Ravens to maybe get a wild card. Their defense is just too good and they're too well coached, and their offense is a wild card really right now with Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson. we got to see if Lamar Jackson takes that second jump in his sophomore year. It's going to be interesting to see. I think he can do it. I was, I mean, he's still got a lot to work on, but the Ravens are a team to keep an eye on, but I still think it's the Browns' division to lose. Um, staying in the AFC, um, we talked about the Steelers losing their, losing their two skill players. Le'Veon Bell signs with the New York Jets, $52 million for four years. It's actually less money he's making than with the Steelers, and the funny thing about this deal is there was a someone tweeted at Le'Veon like a couple years ago, about this amount of money, play for the Jets. And he said, nah, that's too much. I mean, that's not a lot. That's not enough. Need more money. And he actually take less money with the Jets this year to the play for the Steelers. So that's an interesting, interesting signing. Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, they're trying to build some sort of strong nucleus around Darnold. We saw Quincy Nunwa sign a contract. Jamison Crowder is signing a contract. And they don't really have that bad of a defense uh, Jamal Adams, um, he's that safety that's kind of anchoring their defense, especially last year where he kind of took that that big jump on the defensive side of the thing. Obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, like I said, Sam Darnold, but now you put Le'Veon Bell. Now you give Sam Darnold a little options. They still need a better offensive line. Too many times Sam Darnold was on his back, not getting enough time to throw. He really made up for it with just a skill set. Uh, but now that they have Le'Veon Bell, maybe that's a point of emphasis that they go in the draft is help. Get that that solid offensive line because you can have these guys, you can have the Sam Darnolds, you can have the Le'Veon Bell, but if you don't have that at least an average offensive line, a lot of those players can't really do themselves do themselves any good if they don't have any space. In order to have space, you're going to have the offensive line. But I still like that signing by the New York Jets, and that's as much money as, or the amount of money he got. I think that's a great signing for the Jets. Um, speaking of the Jets. Anthony Barr, we already talked about him. Well, maybe we didn't talk about him, but he was going to sign with the Jets, had a handshake verbal agreement, went to sleep on it, and apparently got felt physically sick, sick to his stomach, and decided to spurn the Jets and come back to the Vikings. Now, we talked about C.J. Mosley going to the Jets. They're paying C.J. Mosley $85 million over five years, so... 
it would have been nice to see an Anthony Barr, Jets, a C.J. Mosley, Jets um, combination if you were a Jets fan. Now, as a Vikings fan, I wasn't sure how much money Anthony Barr was going to be making or that he was going to get paid next season. I know he wanted money as a pass rusher. He wants to kind of transition now into kind of playing towards the line of scrimmage, be more of a pass rusher instead of playing back a little bit, dropping out in coverage. Uh, but he got paid $13.5 million a year from the Vikings. I'll take it, and the reason why is at the time we saw, or I saw Selvin Richardson sign with the Browns, and we're seeing the Bears and the Packers make big big signings. Even the Lions with Trey Flowers make signings on their defense. And, yes, the Vikings already have a good defense, but you lose a D-tackle. I mean, they did replace him with Shamar Steffen, but you lose Anthony Barr. Now there's only really one three-down three linebacker that the Vikings have. And now you kind of have to start to ask questions of where is it going to go? Are they going to go in the draft or still try to find something in free agency? So I'm glad to have Anthony Barr back. He played really well last year after having two not-so-great years. But for what it's worth and the way that we got it, I think that's a big pickup for the Vikings. Um, And it's a big loss. Big loss for the Jets. And like I said, just kind of talk about a few things. Landon Collins again signed with the Redskins for $84 million over six years. Tyron Matthews signed with the Chiefs. I think that's a great pickup for the Chiefs. I think that defense fits them well, especially now that they let go of Eric Berry. But a lot of movement. Um, like I said, Mark Ingram to the Ravens. Latavius Murray to the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater had an agreement or said that there was an agreement of him going to re-sign with the Saints to be their backup. But he was in Miami today meeting with the Dolphins. He's from Miami, hometown team. They need a starter. They don't have anybody going on there to start their QB1 right now. So I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a good fit. Now it just depends if he wants to kind of wait out and see what Drew Brees does and then becomes the quarterback in New Orleans, or does he want to start right away? I heard the contract offer for him from New Orleans was maybe one year, seven mil, and this Dolphin's going to be two year, 10 mil. So it just depends on how he views himself. Is he going to bet on himself and bet that Drew Brees is going to retire soon or where is he going to go from there so interesting to see i always love teddy bridgewater played his time for the vikings absolutely loved him so i hope he hope he finds a job that he's going to be happy with and to be honest i hope it's the dolphins because i want to kind of see him start again so you can there's going to be more college or more college there's going to be more nfl free agency coming all over the place keep an eye out for that there's still a bunch of news news as we start getting the pro days as well Get into the draft. Kyler Murray had his pro day today. Didn't run. Didn't do his height. Um, just threw the ball. People ask him why he didn't run the 40. He's like, well, the tape speaks for itself, assuming people know that he's really, really fast. And I think it's smart not to get measure your height again. You already got your measurement out in the NFL Combine. You don't need to approve yourself that you're as tall as you say you are. So smart move by him. You don't want any for him any little things are going to like deteriorate his positions or just figure out the, the the GMs and the scouts will figure out a way to knock him down. So stay with the, the line of course. Still rooting for you, Kyler Murray. Now let's move to college basketball's conference tournament season begins. First big upset, St. Mary's defeated Gonzaga to win their conference, and that kind of burst a lot of teams' bubbles. St. Mary's 21-11. Um, they weren't going to make it into the, the dance as far as I'm concerned. So they steal an automatic bid or an at-large bid, excuse me. And then Gonzaga now pushes themselves right on that border of if they're going to be 
a number one seed or not. I still think at the end of the day they, they could. There's still a high possibility. I would say 75% higher possibility for them. But if you kind of look at that, this is where losing like this late in a team that you should beat, it kind of makes it makes the committee wonder. For instance, if Gonzaga is kind of on that four line, who's to say that a team like Texas Tech or a team like Michigan State rolls through their conference tournaments when every game by double digits and hey, I mean that's just that's why the committee has a hard job. Um, right now, if I'm going to put my number one seeds, I would tell Virginia as the number one overall seed, Duke, North Carolina, Gonzaga. Obviously, that Duke, North Carolina can change. However, there's still that opportunity, like we like I've talked before about, is that there could be three ACC number one seeds. I think Virginia is pretty much a lock. I don't see them. I think I see, if they make it to at least the semifinals, I think they may. I still think they're the one seed. Duke is going to get the one seed. I think if Zion and they they push to the semis, especially if they beat North Carolina in the semis, and I think North Carolina is just too good not to put them. And that four seed is still probably going to go to Gonzaga, but you had Gonzaga possibly being the number one overall seed, and now being the fourth number one overall seed, not putting themselves out in the West. Maybe find putting themselves in the Midwest. Maybe they all. Maybe they will get put out in the West. Um, but we got to wait and see. So Gonzaga kind of messed themselves there. Um, like I said, I still think Texas Tech, Michigan State, two teams watch out. Kentucky, maybe you gotta see how they do. But this is kind of the the start of the feel good March Madness when the conference tournaments begin. All hell starts breaking loose. Teams start beating teams they shouldn't beat. Buzzer beaters, crazy endings, reviews. So yeah, speaking of reviews, Oklahoma brutally lost to West Virginia, not by points, not the like, not the score. Um, well, I guess they did lose by the score. But that's besides the point. Uh, West Virginia beat Oklahoma 72-71. Oklahoma hit a shot at the buzzer to make it 72-72, but they had to review it. And when they went to review it, they realized that the guy's foot was on the line and Oklahoma loses 72-71. Shot is a two-point shot. They don't force overtime. That's a brutal way to lose. That's a brutal way to lose. And it was a good call, though. His foot was on the line. It's just... You love to see endings that are kind of a last second buzzer beaters that are for sure. This kind of is like, ah, oh, it's a good ending, but it, it's kind of hard to watch because you got to wait all that time and it lacks the luster at the end. But interesting, interesting ending. Uh, we'll have more college basketball coming up um, as the conference tournament starts and Selection Sunday happens. So we'll get to that a little later. Conor McGregor in the news got arrested. For those that don't know, Conor McGregor was arrested for strong arm robbery and vandalism or some something like that. I, I don't know, but apparently he took a fan's phone and smashed it to pieces. Now, mixed, mixed reports kind of everywhere that Conor McGregor tricked the fan into giving him a handshake, and then Conor took his phone and smashed it on the ground and stepped on it and put it back in his pocket, and Conor McGregor's security wouldn't let him will let the kid move or do anything, and Conor McGregor was on the, the blame. But, I mean, I've seen stuff where, you know, the fan was following McGregor around. He was at the club, paid $200 to get into Conor's table area, VIP, was filming Conor wherever he was going as talking shit to Conor. And there's a video of a confrontation of Conor in the club in Miami getting mad at someone, physically getting mad. You can see him kind of tense up, and he's getting kind of hold back by from from security 
But that kind of proves the point that the guy maybe was following him around. I think there's too many reports of just come jumping to the main conclusion and not knowing really the facts. Um, and then, I mean, the guy's a Khabib fan, the guy making this story. Not that that's a big deal, but there's a lot of just alternative facts going on right now. The people really don't know the big story. And to be honest, Connor's probably not phased at all. He doesn't give one shit. I mean, is it really, like... I mean, obviously, I'd be mad if someone took my phone and smashed it. I'd be pissed if he asked for them to pay me and buy me a new one. But I'm not going to be, at, like, strong-armed robbery when the guy took my phone away from me or some assault. I think that's just... Everyone wants to find their 15 seconds of fame, 15 minutes of fame when it, when it, when something happens and they're close to celebrity. And this guy who's a known be fan doesn't like Connors, talked shit to Connor on Twitter, whatever... He's gonna get his chance, and he's trying to try to bring Connor down. But you can't, you can't knock down the champ, champ. Ain't that the truth? You ain't that the truth. All right, let's get into a few things before we end. A few segments before we end the show today. First one, scandal. No, not the show. Um, but I'm pretty sure everyone by now has heard the big scandal about these parents bribing school officials. At these big private schools, the Ivy Leagues, USC, UCLA, Stanford, trying to get their kids into that into into that school and bribing them pretty much, paying up to five hundred thousand uh, dollars, making them seem like they're a recruit to get into the team so they can get into school, which causes a whole thing about the NCAA. Um, but there's there's big names involved. Um, Lori Laughlin, who played Aunt Becky in Full House. Felicity Huffman, who was in The Desperate Housewives. They're the biggest parts right now, and they're both up facing up to 40 years in jail. Um, it's interesting. I mean, how the lengths that these people would go thinking that they can just get away with it. That's it's The fact that this is a big sting nationwide is, is, is crazy. It kind of discredits a lot of people that worked hard for their education, and didn't ha- and they had to work to where they got instead of just getting it spoon fed to them. Um, and then if you kind of take a deeper step into this story, Lori Laughlin's daughter Olivia Jane, uh, she's kind of this vlogger, kind of whatever. I mean, I mean, you know what she is. You know what she is. She's a, she's a, she's an Instagram person. That's that's the best. That's gonna be the best description I can give right now. Um, but in the past, there are videos of her saying she's not really wanting to go to school, doesn't care for school. All she wants to do is go to game day. She wants to party. She's not focused. And there's videos even farther back of her and her mom saying her mom doesn't really push their kids to get straight A's. She's spending way too much money on this education. Wink, wink. And, and Olivia Jane, her daughter, just saying, you know what? I just want to party. I don't really care for school. I don't really care for grades. I just want to make my videos, post them on YouTube, get some sponsorships and, be that so it's crazy up to 40 years in prison for this which is it's pretty i mean more details are going to unfold uh Lori laughlin turned herself into the fbi today um her daughter was out on a trip for spring break on one of the chairman's one of the usc chairman's yachts i mean it sounds weird but her her the chairman's daughter is good friends with the, uh olivia jane and they had to come back home because there's a big investigation about pretty much their entire livelihood. And especially suicide, career suicide for her mom, for their moms, going maybe up to 40 years in prison, which is, which is crazy. 
So more as more details come unfold with that, we'll we'll dive into that as well. Um, and then only really one. I I don't know why on my notes this is why I call I call this segment avocado toast. Um, but it was just explaining Facebook and Instagram being down, and everyone freaking out, turning all over Twitter. Twitter freaking out. At least Twitter didn't crash. Twitter crashed, and Instagram was down, and Facebook was down. People would lose their minds. There would might be right. It might begin the purge. If all three of those social media apps were down at the same time, that pretty much signals the purge. And with Donald Trump as the president, that's a very that could happen. That still could happen with him as president. Just him saying, fuck it, purge, might as well do it. Um but that might, if, if Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter were all down at the same time, that might be an initial, yeah, that, that could signal the purge. Um, a few funny things I saw. The Instagram models don't go on Twitter because they don't know how to talk. That's That was funny. Um, and a few other tweets here and there about how people don't know how to actually write tweets since all they do is post Instagram videos just saying, hey guys, like and subscribe. Um, that was my best subscribe, my, my vlogger voice, but... Yeah, if that happens again, people are going to lose their shit and they're going to lose their mind. Uh, That's all we have on this episode today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JKGill3. You can follow me on Instagram at Justin Gillerman. You can follow us on Twitter at LevelView and on Instagram at The View Level Podcast. I will be on the road starting next week or starting this week. I'll be going to spring training where... We're going to try to have a guest on to talk a little bit baseball. And then I'll be in Vegas for March Madness where, like I said, we're going to have that special podcast episode, a roundtable of reviewing the first two rounds of or the first round and previewing the second round of the NCAA tournament. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys on the flip side.